All right, let's begin our guided meditation today to celebrate Gaura Purnima, or the full moon of Gauranga. So before we meditate, I'll just tell you a little bit about what this festival means in India. Uh, Purnima means a full moon, and Gauranga is the Purnima, or the full moon, commemorating the great spiritual master and avatara, Gauranga. Sometimes he's often, well, sometimes often, <laughs> he's often referred to as Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And I'll tell you his story um, in order to deepen our meditation today. So Chaitanya uh, was a spiritual master that appeared in the 15th century AD of Bengal, India. He is seen as an avatara or an incarnation of God herself. Now the story or the legend goes that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was attending his father's funeral. And much like the Buddha who confronted death, Chaitanya, when confronted with the realities of death, started to inquire into what the meaning of life was. What was death? What was the purpose of a human life? And naturally, he started to feel some despair. And so like the Buddha, he decided to run off into the forest and figure it all out. In some stories, he went into the forest and spent some time meditating, performing penance and other kinds of spiritual practices. And in other versions of the story, he doesn't do any of that. He just runs into the forest. In any case, in the forest, Lord Chaitanya comes face to face with Krishna himself. A vision, if you will, of Krishna. And the vision of Krishna, Krishna, of course, is the incarnation of Vishnu, the god Vishnu. And Krishna appears in the Bhagavad Gita to teach Arjuna yoga. So Krishna is God himself and Chaitanya is now face to face with that. So overtaken by love and compassion and spiritual ecstasy at having witnessed the vision of God, um, Chaitanya does the only thing a person who is in love can do. And you know, when you're in love, when that energy of love and compassion and pure bliss arises within you, the only thing to do really is to sing, to write poetry, to express that love. <laughs> so when confronted with the vision of Krishna, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu broke out into spontaneous rapturous song. And that song is very well known today. It's a very simple song. It's only got um, four words, two words. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that song. Um, and it's sung all over the world. Anyway, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was the first to sing that song. He wasn't the first to devote, uh, or I should say, he wasn't the first to practice spirituality in this way. His devotional style of spirituality, that is the style of singing and chanting the holy names of God as a meditation, was something that appeared way before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, um, expounded in the Bhakti Sutra by the sage Narada. But Chaitanya was the first to bring this practice to the common person in the Bengal streets. So after he was filled with this divine rapture, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ran back into Bengal, gave up his former life, renounced everything, lived in simplicity, and spent his days just singing and chanting um, in the streets of Bengal. 
Sudhi started to attract a very large following. His spiritual radiance and effulgence could not be denied, and people near him would spontaneously break out into song, and they would start to chant along with him. So this is known as the bhakti movement, that is, the devotional movement of love for God as a spiritual practice. So Narada started bhakti as a tradition, but Lord Chaitanya was the one who popularized it amongst the common people. So at this time, religion was being uh, very elite and gatekeepy. You know, there were gatekeepers that were hoarding the knowledge of the Vedas and the Upanishads and keeping it away from the common person. And so Lord Chaitanya was the first to bring that religion back to the masses, and that, therefore he's revered as a teacher. So let's now practice a meditation. Come into your favorite meditation seat. Be sitting cross-legged. You can be sitting in a chair. You can even be lying down. Just take a moment to align the spine and focus on the breath. Perhaps there are sounds in your space. And more importantly, your breath is making a very gentle sound as you breathe in and out through the nose. So just listen to the sound of the breath. And notice that as you start to listen to the sounds, they become quieter. The world seems to become a little quieter when you intend to meditate. Do you notice that? Everything seems to become more silent. It's like the world recognizes, here is one who is sitting to meditate. And now the whole world supports you in this task. I'd like for you now, as you settle into this meditation, I'd like for you to visualize that you are standing on a street. This is a street in 15th century Bengal, India. The streets are lined with the houses and buildings of that period, and the buildings are replete with the banners and buntings, kind of like the Tibetan prayer flags that you're used to seeing. All these multicolored banners are strewn everywhere across the balconies and clotheslines. Notice that the streets are crowded with a group of people. They are all singing and dancing. They are celebrating something. They all seem to be in such a great mood. Some of them are even playing on instruments like tablas and mridingams, other kinds of percussions and cymbals. There is a great uproarious merriment occurring all around you. Your surroundings are thronged with people and sound and festivity. The street is strewn with flowers. And everywhere, there is the springtime smell of honeysuckle and freshness. As you take the next breath, savor the smells arising in your consciousness. 
the fragrant floral smell of spring. The air is alive with sunlight. The very air seems to be crackling with an electric aliveness. And just like the springtime, everyone seems to be energetic, upbeat, and alive. Suddenly, in the middle of the crowd, you notice somebody. There is a figure standing there. He seems very unassuming and simple, yet he exudes such a powerful spiritual presence that he stands out amongst the crowd of celebrators. His skin is golden bronze and glowing with health, vitality, and radiance. His hair is deep midnight black, and it's long, about to his shoulders, or maybe to his shoulder blades. He is clean-shaven, and on his forehead, he bears the tilaka, or the mark, of the Vaishnava sect, the upward-facing ash marks. His forehead is broad and brimming with intelligence, and the corners of his perfectly formed lips are turned upwards in a kind of secret Buddha smile. His eyes are closed in rapture and ecstasy, and he gazes up slightly, holding his softly upward-turning palms to the sky, elbows bent. And very softly on his lips, he's singing, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. He's so wrapped in his rapture that his words are barely audible, but you can feel the force of his devotion. Notice that suddenly he starts to take notice of you. He opens his eyes and turns his chin down away from the sky to gaze at you. Feel the force of his compassion and kindness as he gazes at you with loving eyes, soft smile playing on his lips. He brings his hands over his heart in Anjali Mudra, or prayer pose, and he salutes you. See how he gently nods in acknowledgement of you. Can you feel the force of his gaze? And now, he starts to walk towards you, his skin almost golden with spiritual radiance. You can feel his bliss and rapture even from so many feet away. But as he walks closer and closer towards you, you feel this ecstasy arising in you to match the effulgent ecstasy that is Gauranga or Chaitanya's nature. He gets closer and closer and your ecstasy rises more and more. And suddenly you notice Gauranga's golden form starts to become translucent. He's wearing an orange dhoti around his loins. He is bare-chested, and around his neck is a fragrant garland of springtime flowers. 
All of this becomes more vivid as he approaches you. And yet he becomes translucent. His skin starting to become see-through almost. And suddenly he turns around and invites you to step into his body. With a lot of reverence, you bow and accept. You start to take a few steps forward and then you step into his form such that the form of Gauranga encases you like a skin now. Suddenly you feel a wave of ecstasy. As you assume the form of Gauranga himself, you are awash with spiritual radiance, bliss, effulgence, samadhi, a divine rapture, far beyond anything you've ever experienced before. Maybe there are emotions that are arising to the surface now as you feel the ecstasy of this great Lord. You are now Chaitanya. His form is now your form. Your form is now his form. His ecstasy is now your ecstasy. His devotion is now your devotion. And what can you do in devotion but sing, but sing and sing? Krishna, Krishna, Krishna.